horse escorted me around the castle, a place of many rooms, large and small. We settled in his bedroom on the first floor under the gaze of Josef, Otto, Charlotta, and godfather Arthur. He brought out Charlotta's photo albums. We sat together, the images perched on our knees. He alluded to an extensive family archive, many letters between his parents, his mother's diaries and reminiscences, written for the children, for posterity. I didn't see the materials that day, but they left a memory that intrigued. I did see a few pages from one diary, from 1942, a tiny volume filled with his mother's busy handwriting. I was interested in the 1st of August, the day Hans Frank visited the Wächters in Lemberg to announce the implementation of the final solution across the district of Galicia, a speech that offered a sentence of death for hundreds of thousands of human beings. The diary entry for that day told us that Frank played chess with Charlotte. We returned to the photographs from the albums, a story of family life, of children and grandparents, of celebrations and holidays in the mountains. The Vestas together, a contented family. There were lakes and a photo of Otto swimming, the only one I would ever see. My father loved to swim, Horst said. Over the page, a man with a smile and a chisel carved a swastika into a wall, 1931. A man stood outside a building, greeted by a line of arms raised in Nazi salute. Dr. Goebbels, it said under the photograph. Three men in conversation in a covered yard. Two letters under that photograph. A.H. This was Otto's angular writing. Adolf Hitler with Heinrich Hoffmann, I would learn, his photographer and a third man. Not my father, Horst said. Maybe Baldur von Schirach. This was a reference to the head of the Hitler Youth, also convicted at Nuremberg, whose grandson Ferdinand was a fine writer. We turned more pages. Vienna, autumn 1938, Otto in his office at the Hofburg Palace in a distinct SS uniform. Poland, autumn 1939, a burnt-out building, refugees, a crowded street, people dressed against the cold, an old lady in a headscarf, a white armband, a Jew, photographed by Charlotte in the Warsaw Ghetto, a photograph of Horst with three of his four sisters, March 1943, Lemberg, Charlotte wrote underneath, a day of bright sun with long shadows, a note from Horst to Otto, Dear Papa, I've picked you some flowers, kisses, yours, Horsty Borsty. He was five back then, in 1944. We danced around more delicate subjects. He asked about my grandfather, listened in silence to the details. I inquired about his parents and their relationship. My mother was convinced that my father was right, did the right things. She never spoke a bad word about him, not in Horst's presence, but he came to recognize there was a dark side. Of course I felt guilty about my father. He knew about the horrible things the regime had done, but it was only later that they intruded into daily life. The period after the war was a time of silence. No one in Austria wanted to talk about the events, not then, not now. He alluded to difficulties with the family, with his nephews and nieces, but no details were offered. We passed to other matters. Charlotte wanted Horst to be a successful lawyer, like his father, but he chose another life. No more studies, he told Charlotte. He would disappear into the woods. Bye-bye, mother. 
she was deeply disappointed that he found his own path. In Vienna, in the early 1970s, he was introduced to a painter, Friedensreich Hundertwasser, and the two men connected. I knew Hundertwasser would need me, we would get along, because he was a shy person, like me. Horst worked as the artist's assistant, sailed his boat, the Regentag, means rainy day, from Venice to New Zealand, accompanied by his new wife, Jacqueline. During that voyage, their only child was born, a daughter, Magdalena. That was 1977. Somehow that Hundertwasser was Jewish was good for my feelings, Horst continued. Perhaps also with you, Philippe, because you are Jewish. Somehow this is attractive for me. The artist's mother feared Horst. She knew my father's name, who he was, with her experiences in the war, running around with the Star of David. As he spoke, his fingers danced across his arm where an armband might have been. Yet, he explained, the historical responsibility of his father was a complex matter. Otto was against the racial theories, didn't see the Germans as supermen and all others as untermenschen. He wanted to do something good, to get things moving, to find a solution to the problems after the First War. That was Horst's view. His father, as a decent man, an optimist, who tried to do good, but who somehow got caught up in the horrors occasioned by others. I listened patiently, not wanting to disturb the atmosphere of our first meeting. A few days later, back in London, I received a message from Horst. I appreciated your visit to Hagenberg to learn of the tragic story of your grandfather's family in Lemberg. He offered the address of a man from Lemberg whose life he said his father had saved, a Polish Jew. Back then, he added, the deplorable situation of the Jews was generally accepted as schicksal. The word meant fate. As to his own situation, he said that his solitude had been relieved by my visit. Other members of the family did not wish to talk about the past and were critical of his endeavours. They did not wish for a spotlight on the life of Otto von Wechter. I left our first encounter curious and fascinated. I could not help but like Horst, gentle and open, seemingly with nothing to hide. He was a son who wanted to find the good in his father. At the same time, he was unwilling to countenance the idea that Otto Wechter bore any real responsibility for terrible events that occurred on the territory he ruled. I wanted to know more about his parents. Details matter.